Good morning and welcome to Holy Trinity Platt on this Sunday morning. Uh, we'll be leading the service together. I'm Sarah, the Youth and Children's Minister. And I'm Paul, the Rector here. We're a church uh, just south of the city centre in Manchester. We're near the universities and the Curry Mile. Manchester is a diverse city with lots of different nationalities and cultures. Uh, and we love the fact that our church family represents some of that diversity. And we enjoy welcoming people from all different ages and different life stages. And together we're joining in an all-age service this morning as we look at chapter 16 of Acts and we'll look at how the news of Jesus changed lives. As it's all age, though, we hope there'll be something for everyone with some visual and interactive things as well. And as we do that, we'll be reading God's word, praying, singing and learning more about who Jesus is and what he's done. And we're delighted to have musicians from our church family playing for us this morning under the leadership of our music director, Ollie. And we'll begin our worship together by singing praise to the Lord, the Almighty.
Jesus Christ is King of it. He lives his life in us for the sake of the world. Jesus is alive today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We've just sung, Oh, let all that is in me adore him. And yet we'll be conscious of times this week or even this day when we haven't adored Jesus, when instead we've lived with ourselves at the center. So we're going to pray a prayer of confession together now. The words are taken from the story of the prodigal son, the son who put himself first, who left home, and when he realized what a mess he'd made and he remembered the father he had, he returned. So let's take a moment's silence to pray in our own hearts and then we'll pray the prayer of confession together. Let's pray. Father, Father we, we have, have sinned, sinned against heaven and against you. We are, we are not worthy to be called your children. We, we turn to you again. Have, have mercy on us. Bring, bring us back to yourself as those who once were dead, but now have life through Christ our Lord. Amen. When the prodigal son arrived home, the father ran to him with arms open to embrace him. We have a God who loves to forgive his children. So let's pray. May the God of love and power forgive us and free us from our sins. Heal and strengthen us by his Spirit and raise us to new life with Christ. Amen. Amen. We're going to have our readings. The first one is from Isaiah, and it's going to lift our eyes to our great creator God. Uh, the God who gives life to his people, the one who opens the eyes of the blind and sets captives free. And our second reading will take us to Philippi. Uh, Paul and Cyrus, uh, Silas are sharing the good news of Jesus with the people they meet, and we see lives transformed by the gospel. And after that, we'll sing again, lifting our voices to heaven's king. Isaiah 42 from verse 1. Here is my servant whom I uphold my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is Acts chapter 16, verses 11 to 34. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony 
and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Then she and the members of her household were baptized. She invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison door open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had become, come to believe in God, he and his whole household. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.
are thinking this morning about change, so we're going to have a little bit of a quiz. We're going to show you four things, and all of these four things were invented with a particular purpose in mind, but over the years, what they've been used for has changed. So we know them as something, but they're originally something else. So the idea is, can you work out what they were originally designed for? So here is the first one, bubble wrap. We all use it to wrap parcels, uh, we like popping it, we wrap it to around things to protect them. But do you know what it was originally designed for? Was it A, to decorate um, homes? Was it B, to make windows opaque? Or was it C, to make things soundproof? What do you think? It's quite tricky. It is quite tricky. It could be any of those things. It could, but the answer is that it was originally designed as wallpaper. Really? Yes. It's very soft wallpaper. It is, and I feel like it might have been fun the first few times. Once you'd popped it, then what happens? Indeed. Okay, the second one is mouthwash. Now, you might use mouthwash. We use it to freshen our breath, make it uh, smell nice. But originally, it was designed as something else. Was that A, food flavoring? Was it B, shampoo? Or was it C, floor cleaner? Well, that's the outlier, isn't it? Um, yes. <laughs> you, you, you might wonder what was mouthwash used for. As you, you might ponder that, I can tell you the answer is that it was originally designed as floor cleaner. Now, Everybody, yeah. <laughs> there are no words, are there? There you go. There you go. Okay, here's the next one. Play-Doh. That stuff that we kind of love playing with and squishing and molding into different things. It's really fun, uh, but that's not what its original use was. Uh, so was it A, originally designed to clean wallpaper, or was it designed to clean wounds, or was it designed to clean wool? I think that's quite a tricky one. I, you know, I could see possibilities for all of those. Well, we're just going down the wallpaper theme this morning because it was actually designed to clean wallpaper. So if you have Play-Doh in your house, go and test it out if you've got a dirty piece of wallpaper. Okay. The last one is the Frisbee, uh, a flying disc that you play with, you throw. Uh, what was that? Uh, you know, it's a great game to play. You might play it in the park or on the beach. But what was it originally designed as? Was it A, a tray? Was it B, a pie container? Or was it C, a bucket lid? All plausible. Yes, they're not bad, are they? Uh, the answer I can tell you is that it was originally a pie container. Everybody loves a piece of pie, right? <laughs> They're all things that have changed. They're all things that are now used for something different. Um, and that change has happened. Uh, and we're going to think, that's a bit of our theme this morning, as we're thinking about that uh, Bible passage from Acts chapter 16. It was written by Luke, and he's telling us about the Apostle Paul and the journeys that he made, journeys all across Europe to tell people about Jesus. And Paul has arrived in a place called Philippi, and what Luke wants to show us is three different people who are all changed by meeting Jesus and hearing about him. So the first one is a woman called Lydia. Now in the story we hear that she was down by the river, and Paul normally went to the synagogue, to the Jewish place of worship, but it seems that there were only a small number of believers in this place. And so instead of meeting in a building, they were meeting down by the river. And this is what we learn about Lydia. She was a businesswoman. She sold purple cloth, which was an expensive material in those days. So she was an important and a respected woman. Uh, maybe she'd have been like a chief executive today. Uh, she may well have come to the city from further afield. And she was a woman of faith. She was probably somebody who wasn't a Jew herself. But she'd heard about the God of the Jews and she'd come to believe in him. 
but she didn't know Jesus. She was still searching. And it's by the river that Paul explains to her who Jesus is and how Jesus was the promised rescuer, the Messiah that the Jews had been waiting for. And we're told that the Lord opened her heart. Luke is saying she was ready to listen and ready to respond. She was delighted to hear the good news, and so she is baptized, both her and all of her household. God opens her heart, and it changes her. It makes her even more willing to love and to serve others. She says, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. She's saying to them, come and eat, come and have hospitality in my home. And she may well have had a big house, because we hear that later on the church met in her house. So here we have a businesswoman who was searching. And then she met Jesus. And she went on to use all she had to bless those who had brought her that life-changing message. But that's not the only woman that they met. Uh, Paul and Silas continued to talk to people about Jesus as they were there. And they meet a woman in a very different situation uh, to Lydia's. The second person Luke tells us about is a girl, and she was a slave. Now that means she didn't have freedom. She was owned by someone else. And not only that, not only that, she also had a spirit in her who could predict the future. And so her owners had turned her into a money-making machine. They would get people to come and pay uh, to hear what they thought was going to happen to them in the future. And it seems like this spirit uh, was making her cry out to, uh, about Paul and Silas. She said, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept on doing this. And eventually, Paul commands the spirit to leave her. And it did. And it changes her life, too. She's no longer controlled by this evil spirit. Now, we don't actually know much of the rest of her story, but Luke has told us about her here, and maybe that's because she then became part of the church at Philippi alongside Lydia. Luke wants us to see that there are two different women whose lives are changed. We've got Lydia, who was the businesswoman who was searching. And then we've got the girl who was a slave and was helpless. But both of them have encounters with Jesus that changed who they were. Jesus reaches into the lives of both of these women. One is rich, the other is poor. One is free, the other is a slave. No one is outside of Jesus being able to change them. Now that's really, really good news. And we'll find out a little bit more about that when we pick the story up again in just a bit. But for now, that idea that anyone can reach out uh, to, the, to the Lord Jesus is picked up in our next song, My Worth Is Not In What I Own.
We're going to think a little bit more about change. So this time, we've got another little quiz, but we're going to show you four pictures of baby animals. Very cute. And the idea is you've got to look at them and think, what do they change into? So they all kind of look quite different to what they are when they're grown up. So what are these baby animals? And two of them are for our particularly younger viewers, uh, if you're watching. Um, and two are perhaps a little bit trickier. So you'll see how we go. Uh, there they are. You can hopefully see them. So there are four different things. And you've got to work out what is it they change into. OK, hopefully you've had a chance to think, so we'll tell you. So the first one is a caterpillar, which changes into a beautiful butterfly. And that's a, maybe an easy one. That's probably quite an easy one, and I hope so. The second one is a tadpole, which changes into a frog. Now the next one, these pink little things, they are actually baby pandas. Who knew, right? That there you go. They don't look anything like pandas. They really and don't. That's what when they, they start, become. Though. Yeah. There we are. And the last one, and that little white bird, it actually becomes a flamingo. There's not much sign of it there, is there? Although maybe in the leg, perhaps okay. you might have got it. Big transformations, but not as big as we see in our passage today. We saw that Jesus had changed the lives of two different women. And the third person that Luke wants to tell us about is the jailer, the prison jailer. 
Now, the jailer was probably a retired soldier. This was a Roman colony in Philippi, and maybe he was finishing his working life there. And because of what had happened with the slave girl, there has been uproar in the city. The slave masters were furious. They were angry that they'd lost out on business, and they had Paul and Silas beaten up and thrown in jail. And they're put in the inner cell, right in the heart of the jail, and their feet are fastened in the stocks. It would have been miserable. Dark, damp, dirty, and depressing. And they were there unfairly as well. They had tried to free this girl uh, from an evil spirit, and now they were imprisoned in a cell. And it comes to midnight. And what were Paul and Silas doing? Well, they were singing and praying, and the other prisoners were listening. I bet that didn't happen very often. And that's when things change quite dramatically. There's an enormous earthquake. The foundations are shaken, and the doors of the prison fly open. And you would expect everybody to run free, and that is what the jailer feared would happen. He imagined he would lose all of his prisoners, and for that he would face execution. And so he draws his sword, and he is all ready to kill himself when Paul cries out, don't do it, we are all here. Now you'd think, like we said, that the prisoners would have run, but they haven't. The jailer is stunned and amazed, and he falls on his knees and says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The jailer's life is transformed when he realizes his prisoners haven't escaped. Maybe he'd been listening to what Paul and Silas had been singing and praying too. Either way, he seems to know that he wants to be saved. He knows enough, he's heard enough to want that. He wants to be changed. So what must he do? Well, Paul and Silas tell him. And it's really simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus. And that change has an immediate effect. His whole household hears about Jesus. They're all baptized, and then the jailer shows Paul and Silas hospitality. He washes their wounds, and he gives them food. And we're told that he had joy in his heart. So Luke wants us to to compare these three very different people that we've heard about. Uh, We've got Lydia, the businesswoman who was searching. Then there's the girl who was a slave and was helpless. And then we've got the man who was a jailer, who was fearful. So there are different kinds of people. There are women and men. There are people of high status, people with no status, people with money, people who had no money. There are those who are native to the country, those who were immigrants. There are different ages and stages of life. There were people who were interested, people who didn't know where to turn, and people who were very afraid. God is a God who can reach into the lives of anyone. He opened the heart of Lydia. He opened the doors of the prison. And that is such good news for us today, isn't it? We live in a world where there are a lot of different struggles that people face. Many people don't have power or don't have status. Many are lonely or suffering. And many are feeling the effects after two years of the pandemic and all that that has brought. And Luke wants us to be encouraged that whoever we are, wherever we are, Jesus can change lives. He can bring joy where there was despair. The jailer went from thinking that his life was over to enjoying a meal 
with newfound friends. What amazing grace. We're going to sing of that now. Thank you. 
We're going to join together in the words of the creed as we affirm our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Though, Though he, he was, was divine, divine, he did, did not cling to equality with God, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a slave, he was born in human likeness. He humbled himself and was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has raised him on high, and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every voice proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, for all those affected by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Lord, we know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and so we ask, Lord, for an end to the war that there will be peace in Ukraine. Comfort those, Father, who are suffering, and may you surround them with Christians who can point them towards the hope that we have in Jesus. Give wisdom, Lord, to leaders, so they seek a powerful resolution to this crisis. And Father, we are sorry for the times when we are self-centered and downplay the severity of the crisis in Ukraine. Help us in the UK to continue to pray, send aid and support at those in Ukraine. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are our rock and our fortress and our deliverer. And in you, we can take refuge. Lord, may the persecuted church be reminded of this truth and take comfort in it. We pray specifically, Lord, for the persecuted church in Mauritania. We thank you for them and their faithfulness. Father, build up the believers in their faith and protect them from, that, from harm. Provide opportunities for your children to gather safely for worship, prayer, discipleship and fellowship. Give Christians courage to keep following you despite opposition and use their lives to help others to bring, you to, to bring them to a knowledge of you in Mauritania. And through the suffering, Lord, may our brothers and sisters look ahead to that day when Jesus will come again and wipe away every tear from their eyes. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Heavenly Father, we also pray, Lord, for those who are in need, particularly through these tough financial times. We thank you, Lord, that we are far more valuable than the birds of the air and the flowers of the fields. And yet you provide for their needs. Father, please provide for our every need, particularly those who are going through tough financial times. Uh, may the church be a blessing to others and will care for the outcasts, for those in need. Lord, give discernment to our government to seek to navigate uh, during these difficult times. And we also ask, Lord, that in people's loss and anger and heartbreak, that they will turn to you, the God who is able to satisfy our every need through your through Jesus, your son. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And together we pray uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father Amen. in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins 
as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And together we also pray uh, the fifth Sunday prayer after Trinity. Almighty God, send down upon your church the riches of your spirit and kindle in all who minister the gospel the countless gifts of grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope that you have enjoyed worshipping with us this morning as we've seen the power of the gospel crossing boundaries and changing lives. Uh, we finish with a prayer of blessing. May the love of the Lord Jesus draw us to himself. The power of the Lord Jesus strengthen us in his service. And the joy of the Lord Jesus fill our hearts. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Amen. Turn and try.